Also, Nick, you need to give a fat tip. A fat tip? The, remember the fat, fat tip. Remember the fat tip for fat boy, people? Oh, yeah. Fat tip for fat people. Um, the fat tip for fat people is, I don't know. Masturbation does no, I don't want to do that. That's not that's not gonna work. I I, I changed my mind. Um <laughs> I changed my mind all I'm right. interested what route that was going though. When you <laughs> masturbate, you need to f- fold it up. <laughs> that's it. not it. If you if you just using you just raise du- it up <laughs> and down a lot. <laughs> Nick, Nick's over here. Nick, here's here's the fat tip for you. When you masturbate, use the, the bra tape to hold up your boobs, to hold up your belly, so that way you can masturbate easier. <laughs> I was going to say masturbate standing up to get more heart uh, blood flow. Have a horrible workout. All right, and welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of Drunken Jurors. Uh, this one's going to be a little bit different because Jeff has worked like 70 hours the past three weeks each. My paychecks have been glorious, but my body mm-hmm. fucking hurts, and I have had no time to do research. So I am greatly sorry for that, but next one we'll get back to normal, normal stuff. But we got something different. Nick wanted to throw something different, and if it doesn't work, flame him on social media. I don't fucking know. I will never look at it. Um, actually, I will because I now push notifications for Twitter on my phone, and I hate it. Um, I'm Jeff. Also, by the way, right. I'm Adam. Um. Um, I'm Javier, and if you could see my new haircut, that makes sense. <laughs> I like, I don't, that's a lot of shade that no one really gets. <laughs> that's a lot of shade. That's just a, it, none of that works. Only on, if on you are doing the unedited. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> um. So, Orale. Jesus Christ. So I'm drinking what, vodka what, and orange. I, do we still have a whole intro? We do. How do you? We do. We, we do have an intro. <laughs> Nick's uh, forgotten. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, fucking stop. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, uh, I'm drinking vodka and orange juice, and then I have some some Budweiser. The huge. Um, I, you're not gonna believe this. Oh God! It's Arbor uh, Mist. Me... I'm I'm drinking Arbor Mist. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! What do I win? How many episodes has it been? <laughs> too fucking many, but I still have a whole bottle. <laughs> it's left. been at least two months worth of episodes. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I don't drinking... think I like this anymore. Like I don't think Probably I like this wine it's, anymore. It's, Honestly, it's just like, like, like a slight change in flavors of our remiss would do you justice. <laughs> it's like being it's like being caught smoking a cigarette when you're in high school and being forced to smoke the whole pack. That's essentially <laughs> what's happening to my life right now. Uh, it's not like you I'm don't drinking... have other alcohol either. <laughs> it's just... But yeah, it's true. But I do have this. It's true. Uh, I'm drinking Corona that was left at my house at the last party. Uh, I fucking hate Corona mainly because it smells like marijuana. Uh, so yeah, it does have a horrible stench to it. It's, cool. it's, it's, it's not that bad to drink. It's just the stench to you. When you pop beer, one open, it's just like, Ooh. any beer you got to add a lime to probably not all that great. I also don't have limes. I also don't add lime because that's a lot of work. Do you have lime juice? Why would I have lime juice? I feel like that's the thing that every fridge has. You no. got to remember, Nick like barely cooks. Also, Nick, I if I, I, if I, Nick, you probably do have lime juice in that fridge. You just don't know where. <laughs> it's true. It's also probably older than me. Uh, so, like like Jeff said, we're doing something different today. <clears throat> what what I would like to call this is the drunken jury of public opinion. So, what we're going to take here is a controversial historical figure and i'm gonna make you kind of like them see the thing is is that's how you want to call it but i'm literally just gonna name this drunken jurors episode whatever i think it's like 13 maybe um drunken jurors episode 13 are they okay question mark (laughs) (laughs) what i would like to call this if i was editing it would be the drunken jury of public opinion uh we'll mix them a public are they okay I, I can work with that. Um, it's so not going to be that. <laughs> we 
gonna take that. We're gonna take this historical figure, and I'm gonna tell you things that you probably didn't know about them, and I'm gonna make you kind of like them. Uh, or at least that's the end goal. Hopefully, I can change your minds a little bit. So Adolf Hitler, go. Uh, <laughs> we're not. No. No. Oh, that's not the starting episode for the segment. No. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm sure his art was nice. I actually saw his pictures art, of it. His it's art actually was actually pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. 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 His so, lance. So the whole thing apparently was that like the art at the time was focused around portraits. And he, he like couldn't do a portrait right? to save his ass. He, yeah, he sucked did, at portraits. He did like but landscapes his landscapes were amazing. Yeah. yeah, his landscapes and architecture was amazing, but his portrait sucked dick. Uh, can you imagine how many people Adolf Hitler liked to disappoint? Because even the people who wanted to kill him didn't get that opportunity. The thing that makes it weird that portraits were big then is the fact that photographs were coming out by that then. Yeah. And like, why wouldn't you just pay the extra money well, to get a nice looking photograph instead of Well, it was portrait? Europe, and Europe was all about tradition. So. What? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't add up. All right. All right. So. <clears throat> so are we. We're always about tradition. Ferda. <laughs> Ferda. First time in about eight episodes, if not since the first season. <laughs> yep. Ooh, that's not good. Please, no All one right. fact check <sighs> that. Yeah. Or actually, that's someone awesome. do fact check that. Yeah. yeah, we strayed away from that for a long time. And I I kind of hate it because I always remember it after we record, and I'm like, why aren't we doing that anymore? And then we <laughs> record, and I don't fucking think of it. I think just doing it on Zoom is different. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> fellow drunks of the jury. Today, I will not defend the actions of a traitor, but rather, I will tell you the story of an American hero. A warrior who never once hesitated to lead his men into battle. A man who only wanted respect. Rush Limbaugh. Respect he was clearly... Robert E. <laughs> Lee. <laughs> respect he was certainly owed, but for the politics of a blossoming nation, he was denied and was forced to look for that respect elsewhere. And Queen would, in Cleopatra. the end, find it nowhere. Today, we are talking about one Benedict Arnold. Uh, I wouldn't I thought, mind doing definitely one Definitely thought he was going to say Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing one on Robert E. Lee. Robert E. Lee is another fascinating figure who, bad for treason, again, but just in general, a fascinating historical figure. <clears throat> so. Played by Bill Hader. What movie? Night at the Museum. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. All right. Just you, 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 you ruin everything. <laughs> All right. What you want to bet? That Adam knows everything about this guy from a movie. Pro yeah, probably from fucking Hamilton, probably. It's going to be between Night at the Museum 2 and Hamilton, because I know, uh, I mean. <laughs> it's, it, it, I'm still, I'm still seeking redemption since that. Uh, all right. So <clears throat> Benedict Arnold was born January 14th, 1741 in Norwich, Connecticut. He was the second son of Benedict Arnold and Hannah Waterman King Arnold. His father, his grandfather was also Benedict. So was his great grandfather. His older brother died before he was one and was also named Benedict. So basically none fifth? of these people. Yeah. And, and none of these None of these people had suffixes, so it was just they named their kid Benedict, and if he died before, like, the other one was born, they could just reuse it. So it was just rinse and repeat with Benedict. His kid was also named Benedict, for the record. He had a kid named Benedict. Kid. Also, I if don't you know, name there, your kid a junior, much... you're just kind of garbage at this point, honestly. It just means that you're lazy. Uh... Or you found a really cool name and chose... You couldn't to... find a cool new way to spell a normal name. Maybe he... Did they, did they spell Benedict different every time? Fuck oh, no. It's just Benedict. No. What makes you Benedict think they Arnold. had that? Yeah. If they named that many kids, what makes you think they went through the fucking complications of actually trying to find a different <laughs> oh, way to spell oh, it, it every get, time? Oh, it gets better. The imagination of their family gets better. Uh, <clears throat> so... Uh, his, his, his sister, his mother was named Hannah. Guess what his sister named, his sister's name was. Hannah. Yeah. Was it spelled because backwards were... though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, God. Was her mom H-A-N-N-A-H and hers was H-A-N-N-A-H? 
how did you know? What, you, were you looking at my Google Doc? Is that it? Palodromes. <laughs> <laughs> so it was race car. Um, Thanks. You know the one that everyone knows why a palindrome is a palindrome. I actually learned it from Hannah. Uh, so... Montana? I hate you so much. <laughs> did you know Montana backwards is still a palindrome? If you switch around the letters? <laughs> if you spell it differently? Yeah. Uh, you flip right, it around so... and then you unscramble By it. By the way, this is it. now educational. <laughs> this entire thing was going to be educational. <laughs> but now it 100% is it's even for more sure. educational. I got I you. can double tag it. With it's a capital educa- E and a lower It's e. educational squared now. The Benedict Arnold we're talking about today, his great-grandfather was the governor of Alabama? New Hampshire, I think. Oh. I uh, think when we it was had first Alabama founded. 1700s, my guy. We didn't. We didn't. <laughs> that was a French territory. Uh, yeah, so. this is still like the original colonies, isn't it? Like the yeah, original, yeah. like, this, it's 12, seven, he was born in 1741. Yeah. Um, so Hold was, I, would, I would really quickly like to point out that I said Alabama, we all laughed at me, and Jeff said. 12 colonies and we just <laughs> I said 13 I said 13 12 hey your dad's behind you I saw that <laughs> I think dinner's ready it's 13 right I'm not it stupid. is 13 okay. <laughs> it was it was 13 Thir- yes yes <laughs> so his grandfather governor of, of New Hampshire uh and then he but did other things but he was born and then in his, Connecticut it, yes people moved why uh, and each of them, like each of his ancestors, was more, more and more successful. Like they were successful merchants. His father ran a very successful uh, business. Um, you ran a very successful New Hampshire, I would like to think. No, that was his great grandfather. Oh shit! God damn it! Yeah. Already, his yeah. father was just a businessman. Yes, uh, but so here, before I go any further, I, I want to ask you this: what What is your general knowledge on Benedict Arnold? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. I literally don't no. know shit about him at all you, you don't know shit about benedict arnold okay no nope, uh, so i don't care about u.s history until about 10 years before the civil war <laughs> fair i mean that's a it's a very interesting 10 years um so adam what what do you know about benedict arnold since mr i watch hamilton daily uh benedict arnold was not hamilton hamilton he wasn't i guess that makes sense um, do you know any? Do you do you know anything about Benedict Arnold? I honestly just know his name. The same. That's all right. literally all I know. Yet, all like right. I said, okay, maybe more than ten years. Maybe like gold, ru- like a couple years before the gold rush to, mm-hmm. eh, like through. I know, but anything before right. that, don't. Fucking uh, honestly, that makes us better because it means you're an impartial jury, and I can maybe swing you to my side. Probably not. All right. <clears throat> Probably not. Uh, I'm gonna look I up couldn't swing myself. I, I couldn't swing myself to my Benedict Arnold. Treason. Yep. Treason. Nope. Yeah, I got that part. All right. Uh, so his father was a successful merchant in Norwich and was able to send his son to a very prestigious private school in Canterbury, uh, which was like 20 miles away. What's a prestigious uh, school in the fucking 1700s? It was private. It was, it was just a private school. Aren't they all? They all have like six kids in them. Yeah. Wasn't Harvard around in the 1700s? Yeah. yeah. So so the original Yale. goal for him was to be go to these schools and then eventually become a lawyer at Yale. Like that was his original plan. That was the original plan his family had for him was to become a lawyer from Yale. I was going to say, um, it's like Yale and like what's uh, Harvard. The- it was, Harvard, was Harvard in like is it Camp Point? What's the the military uh, school? Uh, West Point. West Point. That's it. What, West Point wasn't a college. It was just a fort at yeah. that point. West Point didn't become a college until 1850s, I believe. Um, it was still there. So though. yeah, it, it was still there. West Point plays a very crucial role in the story. Uh, while there, uh, three of his four remaining siblings died of yellow fever. Because that was the fun colonial pastime that people did back in the day. Ah, uh, so it wasn't uh, tuberculosis yet, or whatever the fuck that no, is. No, 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 no. Tuberculosis was like if yellow fever silly. didn't get you, if yellow fever didn't get you, tuberculosis was like right behind you. Um, I like to think of 
those like things back then as like what they're just walking in your house one by one if like if you can peek <laughs> past the next one you can see out the door a line of more yeah. diseases with like bats exactly. and clubs and shit just yeah. ready to walk in and beat and if, yellow, if, and if, and if tuberculo- tuberculosis didn't get you it was like scurvy um or we need, rust, we need to bring nail you hit one for, that one time for 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 mandy's sake to prove her wrong, to make Garrett happy in our group chat, we need to, guys, we need to bring scurvy back. I don't want to bring scurvy back. I, <laughs> I don't want to know what scurvy does to tattoos. I can only imagine, because those are scars. I don't want yeah. to imagine what they do. Um, so, uh, the, the only uh, sibling that survived was Hannah. Uh, his younger sister, who was like two years younger than him, I think. Uh, and she'd become like the rock in his life. Um, she'd end up essentially running his business and raising his kids while he was at war. Um, as a child, uh, he was always a center of attention, and if he wasn't, he would do some wild stunt or pull a prank to become the center of attention. If he was not the center, he was it. Like, there was a story in the book. I Also, the book I used for a source was, let me pull that up, uh, <clears throat> the untold story of Hamilton. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know where you think I would get that. Uh, the credit scene <laughs> of <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, the notorious Benedict Arnold: A True Story of Adventure, Heroism, and Treachery by Stephen Schenken. Stephen Seagal. It's actually a really good. It's actually a really good book. Fuck Stephen Seagal. <laughs> yeah, See, Steven Seagal is never someone I will defend on this on this podcast. Uh, so there was one story where he was standing in line to get grain and he or to grind grain at the at the water mill, and he just jumped on the mill, went underwater, and rode it because no one was paying attention and he was bored. Um, he was one of those kids. Uh, piece of shit. Well, yeah. that. While desperate for attention, those around him would later talk about his determination, courage, and quick thinking. This quick thinking was either problem-solving or some smart-ass remark that got him in trouble. <clears throat> and it got him in trouble a lot. Uh, after, after the death of his siblings, Arnold's father, uh, Benedict Arnold, uh, became Wild. a raging alcoholic. Um, which, you know, I get having you know most of your kids die young it's also the fucking 1700s dude like everyone was a raging <laughs> alcoholic yeah that was really all there was to do. if you were a male you were probably drunk yeah. almost most of the day uh his drinking became so bad that the family business began to fall apart and they were no longer able to pay for arnold's uh schooling um <clears throat> uh his mother would end up dying when he was 18 uh, leaving him to care for his father and sister uh, by becoming an apprentice and an apothecary. Uh, he actually became pretty good at it, uh, making some good medicines and, like, he was able to sell those. Um, after his mother's death, Arnold had the regular job of dragging his father, who was blackout drunk from the local tavern, uh, <clears throat> and taking him home. Arnold watched his father single-handedly destroy his family name and lose the respect of the community. While this would... This would leave a lasting imprint on Arnold throughout his life. If Benedict Arnold wasn't given the respect he thought he deserved, he would do whatever it took to get it. Uh, <clears throat> while in his 20s, Arnold was really good at two things. Merchant trading and alcoholism. Dueling. Yeah, he, he never became an alcoholic. Fucking sad. After, watch, after watching his father, he never became an alcoholic. I probably would have. Uh, we are now. Uh, look at what we do. Um, yeah, so. everyone, look at this podcast. Look, look at us if you're watching the unedited. Look me in the fucking eyes. Uh, as, Don't do what we as do. Skill, <laughs> as two skills to get in the 1700s, those aren't bad ones because you make money and you're a really good shot. Uh, in 1762, he started in a business you, in New Hold Haven on, before you go any further, yep. we you also need to listen back to the last drunken jurors and realize that being a really good duelist back then is more of pure 100% luck or money. Uh, <laughs> mainly because these uh, had no rifling in their pistols. 
Like, or there was minimal rifling. Back then, wasn't it um, still like a fucking muzzle load? It, it was, yeah, it was, it was muzzle load. There may have been minimal rifling in the pistols. Um, one of the reasons that Americans uh, won, won the war was uh, Kentucky rifles. And Kentucky rifles took twice as long to load, but there was actually really good rifling in the barrel. So that meant from like a quarter mile away, they were able to sit in trees and just pick off officers, which the British hated because it was considered an it was considered an illegality in modern warfare. Well, remember, like yeah, modern warfare. You also had little fucking drummer boys going around, fucking drumming, and people. They typically weren't shot, though. They were yeah. typically uh, same, like, granted they why? shot medics, so. But like, what? Yeah, that's that's a big no no now. If you're wondering, yeah, that's they shot medics, a... but you know, can't kill an officer. The, the amount of people that get captured in warfare at this time is amazing. Like, they were capturing 6,000 people at a time with minimal losses. So, well, I mean, yeah, you would, like, because you kill off the officers, and then you just walk over to their entire army, and you're yeah, like, come exactly. with us. Arnold's business was in New Haven, and it was selling books, maps, and medicine, which he learned to make while apprenticing. His shop was up and running and profitable within a year, with his sister Hannah running the business while he was away on trading ships. Uh, with the passing of the Stamp Act of 1765, Arnold became a smuggler and a son of liberty. Because if there's one thing every every American hates, even today, it's fucking taxes. Uh, if you're wondering, that's one of the huge reasons for the Revolutionary War. And guess what? Never went say, away. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, it did, and for that, like a while, but it, it, there were there were no federal taxes until 18, 19... 1919, I think. No, 1921 was when the inc- federal income tax got Wherever established. Wherever right before the fucking goddamn depression hit, really. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think it was in the middle. I can't remember. Um, that's for another time. So in 1767, he married Margaret Mansfield, the daughter of the local sheriff. They had three kids, all of whom lived to be accomplished lives. Um, one interesting thing about his kids. So he had two wives. Uh Margaret and then fuck, what's her name? Uh, Margaret and at different times, right? Like this is before the Mormonism, yeah, yeah. yeah polygamy yeah, bullshit. Yeah, this was yeah, this is well before uh, Lee John or whatever. Does his first one die or something? Yes. Okay, that yes. was gonna say. I feel uh, like he wouldn't have gotten yeah. divorced. So Margaret, Margaret and Peggy Shipton. One interesting thing is that all of his kids with Margaret became respected um, American officers. All of his kids with Peggy became respected British officers. You'll 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 see why, and it's, it's actually a really interesting thing um, to look at. Uh, at some point during his travels, Arnold was insulted by a British captain, who claimed that Arnold was telling lies about him. So naturally, he challenges the captain to a duel. The captain fired his pistol. So at, at this time, duels took place as one guy, the grieved party, would fire his shot from however many paces. And then the other guy would fire his shot, and then it would just go on until someone died or someone gave up. So the captain fired his pistol and missed. Uh, Arnold fired his, nicked the captain in the arm. Before the, the surgeon that was there on standby bandaged the arm, and the, re, and the British captain reloaded his shot. Before the captain could fire again, Arnold told the man, if you miss and fail to kill me with this shot, I promise you, sir, I will not repay the courtesy. The captain apologized for confusing Arnold with another sailor, and they went on their way. There were there are several more stories of Arnold's temper getting him into hot water. Fortunately for him, his wit and his pistol always bailed him out, at least according to Arnold. In reality, he always had the right friends at the right time. Honestly, uh, we need to bring dueling back, but like without guns, just beating the fuck out of each other. Just like an octagon. Oh, that is an octagon. That's the only- <laughs> It's just the MMA. What do you mean? We yeah. We have that. Yeah, but no, like, that's not dueling. Those are people who sign up for that shit. Uh, at this time, dueling was beginning. Actually, in America's dueling became frowned upon in, like, the mid-1800s. In Europe, dueling was a thing all the way up until World War One. Like, duels were huge. When Arnold heard of the Boston Massacre, uh, where five colonists were killed by the British Army... He was disgusted that his fellow countrymen did not immediately take vengeance on the British and was an early voice for war. 
in March 1775, Arnold was put in charge of the Connecticut attack on British-held Fort Ticonderoga. When he, atta- when he arrived to lead the attack, the majority of his forces refused to listen to him, opting to obey his subordinate, Ethan Allen. Isn't that a furniture company, Ethan Allen? Isn't, is, I'm uh, I don't know if it's furniture, but that sounds familiar. It's Hold a on. company, right? Ethan Allen's a company. I don't know if it's Ethan familiar. Allen, but it, that does sound familiar. Yeah, it is furniture. Yeah, Ethan Allen. It's in Chicago. It yep. Yeah. All right. It's a furniture company in I Chicago. I don't know if there's any relation there, but I, I, I remember hearing that and finding it interesting. Um, Origin. Yeah. On... May 10th, the attack began, and the poorly defended fort fell with all British forces being captured. Um, this was basically uh, Allen. Hold on, he was a hold on. Uh, Ethan Allen was a was he a Vermont revolutionary leader? Yes, he was. Yeah, it's named after him. All right, because uh, they the company started as a housewares manufacturer in 1932 when they bought a bankrupt furniture factory in Beecher Falls, Vermont. So and they named it after Ethan Allen, uh, after the Vermont Revolutionary Leader. Another interesting thing, uh, Vermont was never part of the colonial army or the colonial uh, war. Yeah, they got to make syrup. was its own republic. No, it was its own republic. Yeah, for sure. Up until the founding, up until the founding and the Bill of Rights passed, and then they became part of the U.S. Um, so, so technically, Jeff's right. It was the twelve. It was the twelve colonies. <laughs> technically, Jeff was right. Hey, hey, Adam, Adam, fucking look at me. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> after several, after several, after <laughs> several, after several shouting matches and arguments, one ending with Alan putting a gun in Arnold's face. Arnold left Fort Ty- Ticonderoga and thought, "This fort isn't big enough for two huge egos." So. He sailed his happy up late, his happy ass up Lake Champlain and raided Fort St. Jean in Canada for fun. Uh, he also stole the largest ship on Lake Champlain and firebombed the rest of the British ships. God, I wish, uh, I mean, I kind of wish I was alive back then. You know how fun oh, it would dude, be if you're just, you're wild, just in the dude. army and your commander just went, hey, uh, so... So we're just going to go raid this fort for funsies. And it's just oh, like, oh, oh yes, let's go. <laughs> oh, you don't get it. That was Arnold's entire shtick was, hey, there's that fort over there. Wouldn't it be cool if he raided it? Wouldn't that it was be cool if it was thing. no longer their fort? <laughs> and his superiors fucking hated him for it. Uh, <laughs> he then got into another pissing match with Alan about who was the commander of the fort. And of course... Neither of them would end up commanding it. It would instead be commanded by Colonel Ben Hinneman, uh, Benjamin, uh, Benjamin Hinneman, uh, because he arrived with a thousand men in orders to command the fort from the Massachusetts Committee of Safety. Was his I don't cousin know what... Ben Cinnamon? Uh, after Hinneman arrived, uh, Arnold left, rightly pissed off, uh, because, you know, he did, like, he, he was really good at what he did at leading soldiers because he was always in it. Like, he was always in the shit. Well, isn't um, that, like, the shitty thing about, like, these big figures we know is, like, oh, man, they were, like, they're these awful people, but, like, they were so charismatic and good at what they did. Think oh, of, like, no. any of them. Like, that's just how it goes. Here, here's the thing about Arnold. He had the charisma of a fucking doornail. Uh, it's just that his troops respected him. Because this man was always in the shit. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't even have to be charisma. It's just, like, they're so good at what they do that, like, anyone will just be like, yep, let's go. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get to it. I want to see a movie about this guy, an impartial movie. Uh, on his way back from Fort Ticonderoga to uh, New Haven, uh, he found out that his wife died. So after Lee, after finding out about his wife's death, he went back, saw his children, uh, and then just kind of went on. I mean, it was tragic, but like, what what was he gonna do? He didn't he didn't become an alcoholic like his father. Um, but he uh, he ended up <laughs> eventually. Uh, Arnold would lobby for an invasion of Quebec, and uh, would volunteer to lead it. Uh, this is where he would meet good old George Washington, uh, who commissioned him in the Continental Army as a colonel and put him in charge of the expedition. You see, between commissions, Arnold spent all of his time uh, just studying maps and books because he had gout and he couldn't really move. Uh, and he just studied 
maps and books about the terrain between Maine and Quebec. Uh, so his master plan was to take 1,100 men and sneak through the ass cracks of the Canadian wilderness to Quebec and take Fort, and take the fort, the Quebec, Quebecian fort. That's plural, right? Yeah. Um, uh, while he was to be taking Quebec, uh, the Brigadier General Richard Montgomery would take Montreal. So the whole plan was to take Montreal and Quebec and then just kick the British out of that area. And then they'd have no way to get into the interior of the colonies through Lake Champlain. Uh, but in the end, uh, colonial forces would take Montreal, but they would never be able to take Quebec. Remember the 1,100 men that Arnold took with him through the Canadian ass cracks? Uh, the way they got through is with 200 like thousand pound boats that were made of dog shit wood. So these motherfuckers leaked, destroying most of their food and almost all of their gunpowder. Actually, almost all of their gun, almost all of their food too. Like within a within two weeks, they opened up a container full of dried meat and it was just covered in maggots. Um, oof. Yeah. Big oof. Do you uh, hate to see it? You do hate to see it. Drink. I got a reaction on that, Adam. I'm good for the rest of the episode. I yep. will no longer okay. speak. <laughs> uh, oh, great. Um, so another another reason why his troops loved Arnold is that he was there carrying the boats with them. He was one of those leaders, is that he was carrying the boats. He didn't ride a horse. He didn't ride on a boat. He was, was this, helping them. Was this like... Was this like Pirates of the Caribbean where they're like underwater just walking the boat on the bottom? Kind of. <laughs> uh, see, cartography in the mid 1700s wasn't good. I mean, yeah, uh, you have to, to like. Least. So, yeah. yeah, especially through the ass crack of the Canadian wilderness. Uh, so they ended up carrying these thousand pound boats and all of their goods and supplies through what was Basically, the Louisiana Bayou, but 32 degrees. Uh, and without the Gators. To, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Instead, they had... What, what do Canadians have? What, maple leaves? Geese. geese. Fucking yes, the geese. geese. Yeah, the geese, <laughs> that's it. The um, old Canadian goose. <laughs> you get it, you get it. Uh, so, when Arnold got to Quebec, uh, he was... He had 900 men, so lost 200, uh, with no food, no clothes, and, like, they did the math, and they were able to ration out six shots to a man. So, no ammunition, uh, because all of the gunpowder got wet. Uh, and the British found out two days before and placed thou 1,000 troops in the Quebec fort. Uh, so... Arnold uh, would go on to retreat towards Montreal and support Montgomery... To take Montreal. Uh, there, he was shot in the leg. Uh, and his horse fell on top of him. Uh, he would become the military governor of Montreal until being forced to retreat in the spring. Uh, there, one of the big things that uh, really set him on the path towards treason was that when they did the retreat, he... Ba he requisite he basically commandeered a fuck ton of supplies from Canadian merchants, and he had this whole organized system to make sure that those merchants got repaid by the U.S. and the Colonial uh, Congress. When those goods got to where they needed to go, the officer who was in charge of that fort fucking hated Arnold, so they just left it off to the side, and all of the soldiers just took the supplies with no with no organization and nothing that Arnold had done. So that meant none of these supplies could be paid back. Basically just making the colonial or the, or the continental army look like thieves and making Arnold look like a profiteer. Um, so that, that was a huge thing that led to uh, like two court marshals and him being raw dog on a promotion. Um, so after Canada, Washington put Arnold in, in charge of building a navy on Lake Champlain, uh, which he had to do with almost no resources and, like, two trained sailors. So he basically had a bunch of farm boys from fucking Connecticut becoming soldiers, because that works. Uh, wild when to the think, British... like, when I'm really thinking about it, it's wild to think of how small the U.S. was at this point. 
Oh, it's, it's crazy. Just the north. It's just yeah. the northeast. Yeah. Like you'll like looking at the battles, it's like a couple hundred guys. Like at yeah. most, there's like four thousand, four or five thousand. It's not like a twenty thousand man battle like from World War Two. Well, it's then and then you think like of a couple wars, hundred, couple you think thousand of, guys. You think of wars now, and it's fought with like fucking a hundred dudes. Like in the Middle yeah. East, it's like dudes and like twenty guys in a fucking air conditioned control room. Yeah, and just a shit ton of artillery and air support. Yeah, yeah. Um, his little navy. Uh, I guess that's when, how when information Br- plays into it yeah. now, though. Like we have so much more information yeah, like, that we can go no, into battles. No scoutings. Everything's on a satellite. Yeah, yeah. You could just um, drone a fucking area and be like, "All right, yeah. well, this is what you're going into. Good luck with your six guys." Yeah, SEAL Team when Six. The, good luck. When the British try to take control of the lake, Arnold would lead them on a wild goose case. Goose case. Goose chase. Um, his little navy would be destroyed, and he would be accused of failure and failing to defend Lake Champlain. But he defended the lake and kept the British occupied long enough. To where when the British had control of the lake, it was winter, and the lake began to freeze over, and they got pushed back to Canada for a year. So, in reality, he bought the Continental Army and the colonies an extra year by himself, essentially, with also, no men and no supplies. That was also a mission that was doomed to fail from the second that they came up with yeah, the mission. Yeah, it's the British Navy. <laughs> exactly. The, if, if There's one who- fucking thing the British are good at. It's building fucking boats. Uh, yeah, because I don't I don't know how much our listeners actually know about like this type of stuff. But if you know anything about Britain, it's that their army has always been based around the fact that they have always had an amazing fucking navy because they are yeah. an island nation. They have exactly. always had a solid navy. Like, if not at the this best. time, at this time, the British army was heavily supplemented with Hessian troops. So German mercenaries yeah. were like a huge part of the British navy at this point. Because or the British Army, because the Britain just didn't have an army, um, especially at this time, because most of their army was still recovering from the French Indian War, which they lost. Um, real ass smacking. No, no, they won that. They won that one. It was just a fucking expensive ass fucking war. Um, for his effort on Lake Champlain, uh, ten less senior officers were promoted over him. To major general even back then politics were politics and you had representatives who were friends of officers that hated arnold and you had representatives like john adams who didn't want military heroes holding too much public power and so then like, you had people who just didn't like arnold because he was loud and reckless i was gonna say what i was gonna say what's the reason for people not liking him because it seems like he's good at what he, he, he does was, he he was reckless but, and he yeah. just pissed people off but he was good at what he does but in doing what he did, he pissed people off. Um, well, technically, back then, I feel like they shouldn't have fucking cared because war crimes weren't a fucking thing yet. But that, here, yet. He, he, here's the thing, like, John, the reason John Adams didn't like him was that he was dealing, like, John Adams saw George Washington, who was a national hero, who was clearly going to become president at this one, and he was clearly going to lead the nation, and he was loved in the public eye. John Adams was worried about basically the military becoming the leaders of the country instead of it being civilian controlled. That's what John, that was John Adams worry. He was worried. It was going to look a lot like Prussia at the time where if you were a military hero, you basically became the leader of the country. Yeah. Like an empire. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So that's what Adams was terrified of. Um, And at the end, really his only friend was Washington. And the men that served under him. Um, Who don't really have a say in anything. No, but they... they in At the end, they really only ever wanted to serve under him. Um, and, our, and Washington, like, would always go back to Congress like, hey, promote this guy. Like, he's good. He's really fucking good at what he does. But then again, you have the people who are friends with people that he pissed off by other officers and other men and just every everything around um so so one huge thing about the revolutionary war uh up until like 1777 
Continental Army was getting its ass kicked, uh, like just all around the board. Because like I like the Hessians who were who took made a large part of the British army, they were the best mercenaries and best soldiers in the world. Um, you had the British Navy just employing a blockade everywhere, and then you just had really good British officers like um, uh, fuck, I can't remember his name, but like a bunch of British officers who were also really fucking good at their job. Um, and they also had a well-trained army, whereas the U.S. had a bunch of farm boys with rifles. They were good with the rifles, but it was just a bunch of farm boys nonetheless. Um, killing an animal and killing a human is still a completely different fucking thing. Yes. Uh, so, the Americans, again, getting their ass kicked. Uh, the Battle of Saratoga was make or break. Like, that was, it was, you win this or you lose the war. Um placed in charge of the battle was Major General Horatio Gates. Amazing general. A a national hero. Uh, And he liked Arnold at the beginning. uh, But he came to see Arnold as competition for glory. And to Gates, glory was just as important as victory. During the first battle of Saratoga in September, Arnold annoyed Gates enough to let him lead an aggressive counterattack against the advancing British forces in the fields outside Fort Saratoga, or outside the fort at Saratoga. Uh, and by lead, what I really mean is the entire time he was hacking and slashing away from the top of his horse while yelling at his troops. And his troops loved him for it, because he was there, unlike Gates, who was sitting drinking tea in the middle of the fort. Uh, so the only time... Arnold left the battle was when he went back to camp to yell at Gates to give him more men. To which Gates remanded him to camp for the rest of the battle uh, because he was just tired of dealing with Arnold and he wanted him to fuck off. Uh, for the next month, uh, or now, now, so technically the battle, the first battle of Saratoga in September was technically a British victory because they ended up holding the field at the end of the day, but they lost twice as many men as the Americans. Uh, a large part because of Arnold. Uh, the general who was in charge of the attack on Saratoga would later say that he was expecting a Gates defense, which was just wait for the British to come to him and then defend from a strategic position. That general at the time was like, hey, I'm going to bring all this fucking artillery and just bomb the fuck out of them until they surrender, which would have worked. They never anticipated being met on the field. Uh, And Arnold would have probably won if he got the men he wanted. Uh... For the next month, Gates made, his, made it his mission to piss off Arnold, uh, taking away command of his men, rubbing it in, in in how he was skipped over for promotion. And when the second battle came, Gates put Arnold's forces under command of one of the officers that skipped over Arnold. Um, Arnold lost his fucking shit. Uh, he had been fighting. He, so he, these guys that got removed from his command, he'd been fighting with since Canada. He'd become friends. They respected the fuck out of him. Uh, they weren't happy, but they were soldiers and they were going to do what he, they had to do. But Arnold didn't take it like they did. Uh, so as soon as the fighting started, uh, uh, so soon after the fighting started, Gates, who was talking to an aide, saw Arnold mount, mount his horse and ride straight into battle. Uh and his men cheered when they saw him, and he dropped one of those great quotes that needs to be in a movie, but isn't, or should only be ever said in a movie. <clears throat> if the day is long enough, we shall have them in hell by night. Pretty good fucking quote. Uh, and he went on shouting, giving orders for the, from his horse, and hacking and slashing. Uh, at one point, uh, this fucking lunatic this is one of those reckless things that like why people hated him you'll see why they hated him uh at one point he rode between the lines of two of the two soldiers so you got basically warfare at that time was british on one end americans on the other and they just fucking shoot at each other while not moving arnold rode through that line on his horse not getting hit like a madman uh for 150 yards because he attacked the wrong fort. So, that would explain why, you know, Gates fucking hated his guts. Um, that is a rough there, one. Yeah. 
he gets to where he needs to be leading his men when he catches a shot to the leg to the same leg that got hit while he was in Montreal. Uh, his horse falls uh, on the shot leg and his leg shatters in like seven different spots because it's a horse and it already caught a bullet. Also, this is the same leg with gout. Uh, when his men turn to help him, uh, he orders them to take the goddamn fort. Uh, finally, he gets carried back to camp where a messenger tells him, General Gates has ordered you to return to camp before you do something reckless. This is while he's on a stretcher with his leg in several pieces. Uh, Gates would accept the surrender of the British commander while Arnold was being told that he'd have to have his leg amputated. That sounds like fun. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I got nothing to say. Like, that's just medicine at the time. You just got to cut the damn thing off. Like, you can't do oh, anything. It gets, it gets worse. Arnold would refuse to have his leg get cut off, uh, insisting on having it put in what's called a fracture box for like seven months. And what a fracture box is, is basically just a leg immobilizer made back in the day that was like just big enough to fit your leg in. And it was just hammer and nails and you just fucking threw your leg in there. But when you have I a like how they did, fracture, I like, like how the normal concept, like our normal concept of like doing a splint, which literally would have probably been at least three times better than this box, wasn't no, a it thing was so, back This then. leg was so fucked up. Uh, so because it was a compound fracture, they couldn't bend it properly like you can't set a bone that's that fractured so when they pull I mean, the you leg can out of now the with box, modern medicate medicine after but... like yeah with pins and needles and rods and shit um all of them yeah and when they pull his leg out it was maligned and two inches shorter than his other leg i love it <laughs> yeah so he just walked with a limp and also again same leg with gout uh yeah that'll so, get better uh-huh uh but since he would he would eventually become the governor of philadelphia and he would have his proper rank restored like eventually congress would give him everything he was originally owed but arnold didn't see it as being given to him because he deserved it he felt like it was given to him because they felt sorry for his injuries and to Arnold, that wasn't good enough. Um, while governor, he liked to throw... He, he lived like a king, throwing parties, using public carriages as if they were his own private service. Uh, and m most likely taking part in corrupt business dealings. Um, he would end up meeting his new wife, Peggy Shipton, uh, who, who also had a love for the finer things in life. People started asking where Arnold got his money. And because the salary of a continental officer wasn't that high to begin with. And you also had to assume that Congress had the money to pay. And that was assuming that the continental dollar was worth something. And it wasn't because it was the continental dollar. It was basically a piece of paper that was an IOU. Um, wow, it's almost like our fucking currency now. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so Arnold took lo out loan after loan which caused, which began while being accused of corruption and being denied for another promotion. Now, what does one do when they are in mountains of debt while being publicly, while being a publicly acclaimed general and one of the most trusted friends of the commander in chief? Um, would anyone like to guess what you do? Sorry, for when you what? When uh, you're a publicly acclaimed general and are in mountains of debt and are also one of the best friends of the commander of the Continental Army. You commit treason, go to the British. Yay! Uh, well, you sell your country out for 20,000 pounds. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, money that's backed. <laughs> yes. As Benjamin Franklin put it, Judas sold out one man. Benedict Arnold sold out three million. Uh, in short, Arnold communicated. So there's a whole fucking thing behind the actual treason that I'm not going to get into. I'm just going to give you the abridged version. Um, in short, Arnold communicated with British Major John Andre to turn over West Point for money and, and a British commission. The plot would fail when Andre was caught by Amer behind American lines as a spy holding secret information signed by Arnold. Uh, Arnold would hear about Andre's capture two hours before Washington would learn of the treachery and flee to British lines. Andre, a well-liked and respected officer in the British Army, uh, would be hung as a traitor, something that most of British high command 
blamed solely on Benedict Arnold. Um, so he didn't have friends there either. He would lead her, he would lead a handful of raids on American economic targets that were way too costly on human life and resources. Uh, and, uh, and would flee to London just before the British surrender in the Americas. Uh, a few unsuccessful business ventures in London and Canada would leave him broke and in debt before dying in London on June 14th, 1801. At the age of 60, lacking the one thing he spent his whole life trying to get. Respect. Um, so, what, what, what do you guys think of Benedict Arnold now? I, I mean, you didn't know much about him. I... I thought Jeff froze for a no. moment. So to <laughs> that's my Jeff, your reaction is the same way I feel. Still, I, I'm still debating over it. I don't there's no good reason. Excuse for treason? <laughs> yeah, there's no good excuse for I'm gonna make it rhyme so we can put it on a shirt. There's no good excuse or reason for treason. But <laughs> <laughs> like there, there's not. I don't I'm sorry, I don't care. There's no real good uh, Maybe there is, and I just can't think of it, but this isn't a good... Being in debt and shit isn't a good enough reason. The whole, like, being kept out of, like, getting promotions and shit like that because people don't like you because you're reckless and blah, blah, blah. Like, you kind of need that on a battlefield, especially back then. You have to be a savage. Like, you have to think, like, we're not far into the technology of guns at this point we're still basically barbarian Vikings when it comes to war. Mm-hmm. And you kind of need that recklessness if back then, if you wanted to be good at anything. That's why, like, because if you go back to our last episode about Boone Helm, there's a reason he was always the toughest guy in town. It's He's fucking reckless with his life. Like, yeah. to be that type of person, you have to have a certain mindset. I don't... His, his reasoning for becoming a traitor is fucking stupid and also it hearing the story i remember it now but like there's a reason it didn't work like it was a dumb fucking idea like if you're gonna do it Uh, it, fucking make it work better it really so the only reason it didn't work was andre was a fucking idiot so he was two miles away from british lines when he got stopped by a couple of like fucking hicks that most of them couldn't read only one of them could read and when he got stopped instead of saying hey yeah i have a pass from benedict arnold you're one of your most famous and respective generals here you go uh he goes i'm a british officer still in american lines oh all right well we're gonna stop you and strip you and they found the note and they're like oh that's bad and they turned it in um Instead of just saying, "Oh, yeah, I'm an American off or I'm an American officer," and you know, you, you show them, you show these guys the note from Arnold, and you get through, or they're British and you get taken by the British, and then you know the officers that sent you on this mission realize, "Oh, hey, that's our guy," and then they take you and release you. There's really no reason it shouldn't have worked. Up until it's just that Andre decided to be an idiot. Up until the treason. I mean, I have no issues with him. If he wouldn't have committed treason, I think he would be like an American hero. I think he would be up there with like George Washington. Like he would be with with what he did. He'd be an American badass like Teddy Roosevelt and George Patton. There would be movies on movies about him. Um, one so there so there are actually monuments for Benedict Arnold in America. Um, at the site of the Battle of Saratoga is just a boot it's a leg where arnold where basically arnold lost his leg and it says here's a monument to one of the greatest american generals to an american hero and it doesn't give a name it's just his leg and then at west point you have a monument you have like a a monument with seven names and seven several homages to generals you have washington you have gates you have morgan you have you have so many generals there and then there's another one where it's just um, where it's just the date of his birth and death and it's just empty we acknowledge like the american military and american history the american ethos recognizes that arnold paid such a crucial role to american independence 
But because of that last act, he is not given the one thing he wanted, which was respect and fame. He didn't even want fame. He just wanted respect. And he lost all of that. It's, I don't know, like, with not really knowing a lot going in, like, no, I don't think he was a horrible guy or as bad as, I guess, history would play him up to be. But the original documentaries or the original um, biographies from like the 1800s make him to be like a bastard from hell that he was always going to be a traitor, which I get, though, which yeah, is, like I understand then, because yeah. back then, yeah, we're trying to get away from like from the British. And all of a sudden he's like, like doing that type of an. Yeah, no, like that's fucked. But as of today, like looking at it, it's like I respect what he did before treason. I can respect mm -hmm. it, like, but treason is so not okay. It's, it's like the it's highest. A high, it's a high, yeah, yeah it's a yeah. high crime. It's technically the highest crime in America, really. Yeah. Like, you will pay the ultimate price for it. It is a capital punishment, federally capital punishment fucking crime. And there's a reason um, for that. When, when he was doing those raids on American targets, um, the all the officers in that area had specific orders from George Washington that if they capture Arnold, he's to be hung immediately. Like he's just to be he hung, hang him. If you capture yeah. him, he goes on the noose. Because you, you think about it, like very honorable what he did up until it, but treason. The reason it's such a high crime is you now put everyone's would, life in and jeopardy. So another another thing is that Washington, like he was almost Washington's best friend. Like he, Washington had the utmost respect for him. And he, so originally he wasn't going to be placed in charge of West Point. He was going to be placed in charge of Washington's left flank in like a huge battle. He was essentially Washington's going to be Washington's number three. But at that point he had already committed to selling, to selling out in treason. So he's like, no, I don't want that. Give me the fucking West Point. And he made a huge thing with Washington. Washington's like, I mean, all right, you, this is beneath your station, but okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's because, like I was trying to say, like, treason, you now put everyone in that nation's life at risk. As Benjamin Franklin put it, he sold out three million. Yeah, like, you put everyone's life at risk, and you put our constitutional republic in jeopardy. Like, yeah, then that's kind of one of the ultimate prices like, to pay. I I think it would be an interesting movie. One hundred percent, it would, would be. It I would be a very good to movie. See this movie, I like an impartial movie about this. I would lose. I would love. To Even see if that. it was like a like a documentary with a bunch of really good like Revolutionary War kind like reenactment yeah. people, like kind I of think like that, that Roman shit that the yeah. Netflix put out. Like, because um, people who but, do but like the, it doesn't even like it doesn't even this like necessarily have to be like an impartial like just tell the truthful story yeah. like and make Benedict make people like him at the beginning yeah like make then, him the hero of the movie until the last fifteen minutes like that's a, that's a, there's there's a movie like that I can't is it oh, fuck what is it um is it called the the last hour the highest hour something like that it's about Winston Churchill though. And it well, makes you the feel longest hour. the longest yeah. hour. It makes Winston Churchill seem like you, the whole movie. You're like darkest why? hour, darkest it's, hour. Yeah, that longest hour. Just, something else. Yeah. yeah, but like that movie makes you feel like why did everyone hate this guy? Like why why is Winston Churchill hated? And then like the end of the movie is like ah, there it is. <laughs> I really like that movie. That was a really good movie. It's that a really good. Uh, yeah, I watched yeah. that in high school. I think for her. I, I watched that. I watched that for an ethics class in college. Uh, Actually, that might have been it too. I think I've watched it twice. I think one I, of them was in high school. It wasn't. Was like... It wasn't out while we were in high school. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it came out while Morgan. It would have been ethics day. then. Yeah, it would have been an ethics class. We. Uh, um, oh yeah, because doesn't a uh, Maloney? Is that is it, Maloney, it, Maloney yeah, shows it? Yeah. It came yeah. out right around the same time Dunkirk came out because it's the uh, almost the yeah. same story. Basically, yeah. Like, and I double featured. I, I need to watch Dunkirk. It's on my list on HBO Max. I need, I need to, to watch do. it. No, not good. Is Midway any good? Anyone see Midway? That's on my list. I haven't too. seen Midway. Yeah. I haven't seen Midway. I want to. We we should watch that next time we're together. Okay. 
Um, I'll take Dunkirk off. So, so like one of the one of the huge things, like th- there's a bunch of other battles that I didn't tell you guys about. There's one battle where his horse got shot out from under him again, and like a British soldier walked up to him like, "I, I, I've captured you," and Arnold just looks at me and goes, "It was like it was it, it was basically the fuck you have," and he just like pulls a pistol out and shoots him. And then gets out from under the horse and then like fights off like 10 other British soldiers that tried to capture him because the British wanted to capture him. He's Benedict Arnold. He's the general other than Washington. If we capture him, that's huge. And then they tried and he basically just murdered all of them until his guys showed up. Nick, what's the name of the book that you read? Uh, the Notorious Benedict Arnold. Uh... Is that an audible? It is. That's where I. That's where I listen right. to it. Can you just send me a link to it? I can. Yes, I can. It's an amazing book. Um, it sounds like it. This is. I. I enjoyed this story. But... It was. It was only seven hours, um, which only. is short compared to what I listened to. <laughs> compared I'm listening. To the, I, I'm listening to an so eighteen-hour book. I. <laughs> I actually unsubscribed to Audible and everything because I have learned that I read books faster than what audible does them at and it's just easier for me to read and i also retain more knowledge while reading because while listening i'll be like at work listening and i can't make notes while doing it because i would have to listen along and type everything out but also i have to be i'm at work i have to be paying attention and i'll just literally days out like watching something and then i'll miss like five minutes of the book and then i'm like ah fuck me <laughs> yeah i guess the yeah. only books i listen to on audible are just like one like general reading ones not anything i have to like pay attention to i do thoroughly like this i think this would be actually a decent type of a series for i would like i I could i could i'd love to do one on on uh, rommel i'd love to do one on lee um i think lee would be a really interesting one uh there's another one i wanted to do uh i could like napoleon or uh um the kaiser during world war one like it's it's if you yeah, if you guys want to see more of this i'd love to do it i'm a, i am a huge history nerd i do I'd have, love to do one on the romanovs of russia wanna, like that'd I, be amazing i do want to end up at some point doing a multi-part series about ross Butin, but i will definitely be needing help for that because that is a hunk of history to go through yeah that's so good um like it, it, it again you have so many historical figures that are crowded by what society thinks of them. You have ultimately bare bones, a American hero that made a really bad choice. And that's something that history will never tell you. Um, They'll always tell you, Oh, he tried to sell out the U S they'll never tell you that on several occasions, he was responsible solely for the founding and defense of the of the Continental Army and the con- and the continents at the time, or the colonials at the time. It's wild. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, just to wrap it up. Anyone got any last things? I mean, I think we kind of just went through them, but last little tidbits you want to get out there. My steak was very good. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. If you were wondering why Adam didn't speak most of the time, Adam was stuffing his face. Yeah. No, I, I liked it. I think this would be a great uh series for like patrons. If we can co- it can also just be a normal thing we can come back to every once in a while, like after a couple episodes, yeah. or maybe we go through like a long series where we do two or three episodes on one specific subject and then we just while I'm researching for the next one, we just hop into yeah. one of these. I mean, I was able to write this in like a day. So, yeah. Granted, granted, I was able to listen to this in a day. I, I had already listened to this. So, fun fact: the whole reason I know so much about Benedict Arnold is that I'm basically doing him for a D and D campaign, and so I listened to a book to prepare to make that character. <laughs> Understandable. All right. Well, on that note, um, you can listen to us anywhere that you find podcasts. We're on everything except for it's like Pandora, right? Like we're not on Pandora. We're on Pandora. We are. We are on Pandora. <laughs> we okay. we did this last time. <laughs> oh, big goof. All right. Well, we're on Pandora now, also. So, but yeah, you can follow us on any social media. At you hate to see it. Specifically on Twitter, it is at y o u h eight two c i t. Please fucking comment on stuff. Do like fucking tag us and stuff. We would love to interact. 
um, if you go to Podbean, uh, you go on to Podbean, you type in You Hate to See It, up in the upper right-hand corner of that page is Become a Patron. Uh, you pay a different amount of money, you get different stuff, you get different types of episodes. Maybe this might be a thing that's on there. You get unedited if you pay $3. All that good stuff it also goes all in, basically goes into our podcast just for us to get better equipment and just continue to produce this, really. Because at this point, we're just doing it out of the fun of it because I enjoy it. I think we all enjoy it. It's fun. It's, it's hard sometimes to fucking when everyone gets busy, but overall creating a podcast is a pretty fucking fun thing to do, especially if you just drink and talk about shit. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> considering the fact that all I did was read a script and drink heavily. Yeah, I mean, that's all we do. But I mean, based off of that, I mean... Adam, you or Nick, uh, do 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 your thing. Do the thing. Do that thing. Um, one thing that we can tell about us, and not the big difference between us and Benedict Arnold, we are professionals and fearless. And fearless. Yes. Wait, no, actually, we are Benedict Arnold. Hold on, oh wait. fuck! No, we need to not be well, Benedict. Yeah, we we're are fucking not pussies. Yeah, we're <laughs> fucking cowards. But you know what? We also aren't traitors. And we also don't have standards. That's basically what I was going for. We'll- we don't have standards, but we will never commit treason. So <laughs> yes, yeah, basically, at least yeah. willingly. Maybe someone will trick me into it at some point. In my life, but- <laughs> that's that's called sedition, and that's technically not your fault. Yeah. Also, if I know that much, I would hope that I would know how to not give it up. But yeah, <laughs> Adam, do uh, do, do that other thing. I thought Adam was. This. <laughs> I got you, do, do your thing. My thing. Fuck you, or better than you, go suck a huge, massive, jumbo baloney cocklet.